If you have, have your Bibles, turn to... Hmm, let's go to uh, John chapter 3. You know, I, I started well, I started a series a couple months back called Desire. And, and all of this is still within that same, uh, same vein. I did about four or five messages on desiring God, desiring God's presence. And, um, and then so we transitioned, and this is the third message in what I've been dealing with, this aspect of desire. And I've been talking about the Word of God. I thought it was going to be just, hey, one Sunday I'm going to come, we'll talk about the Word of God. And, and I was like, okay, I still haven't finished the message yet. So um, but I'm just going as long as I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to go. And um, there might be one more message in this vein of desiring the Word. Um, you know, just in what we've, without going to a whole lot of review, the Word of God has to be everything to you. The Word of God is the foundation of our faith. We talked about Isaiah 66, verse 2, and it talks about what God desires. And it says that He desires someone that will walk humbly before Him, have a contrite heart, and would tremble at His Word. Be in all of His Word. It's not... God's word and something else. It's God's word. My my opinions don't matter if they don't line up with this word. I, I don't care how passionate you might be. I don't care how, how angry something might make you or thing that you might be frustrated with. It's not about your opinions about God's word. It's God's word. We talked about how this word is important because it, it, it causes us to be a disciple. And we'll, and we'll get, do a little bit of review in a moment. But John chapter 3. John chapter 3. There's nothing like this word. Can you say that with me? There's nothing like the word of God. John chapter 3, verse 31 says, He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. Meaning if I'm from earth, I'm natural, then I can only speak natural. It doesn't matter how much wisdom there might be in what you're saying from a natural perspective. But if you come from the earth, you're going to speak earthly. But he who comes from above is above all. Does that mean but he who comes from heaven speaks Things are from heaven. So he who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard that he testifies. Meaning the one that's above all is going to speak what he testifies to. Meaning he's going to speak something different than someone from the earth is going to speak. Why? Because God's word is not like man's words. He who has received his testimony, verse 33, he who has received his testimony, you could say word, has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the word of God's word of God. For God does not give the spirit by measure. Let's go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Verse 61. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, 
Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascending where he was before? He said, it's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and their life. God's word is not like man's words. God's word is not like man's words and man's words are not like God's words. Unless the man is speaking or standing upon what God's word is. His word is spirit and it's life. Jesus' words, because he was from above and he gave testimony to things, his words were weighty. His words were powerful. His words were living and alive. His words were spirit in their life. His words cut directly to the heart of man. It wasn't something that would just police his intellect, but it was something that went into the very being of them. So much so that when, when he was speaking on the road to Damascus and they looked at each other, they, they looked at each other and said, didn't our hearts burn within us when he unfolded the scriptures to us? And even the Pharisees and the Sadducees, when they were talking about him and they said, man, we perceive this as one who speaks with authority. I mean, who gives, who, who gives, who has given him this power and authority? Who, who's given it to him? Why? Because he's, he goes, his, his words carry authority. Why? Because he wasn't speaking just natural man's words. He was speaking words that are spirit and life. A little farther in, in chapter six, you know, Jesus looks at his, the 12 disciples and he looks at Peter and the disciples and he, he goes, so are you two going to walk away? They walked away because they couldn't understand, drink my, you know, drink my blood, eat my flesh. These are hard things for us to hear. So he looks at Peter and the disciples. He goes, are you going to walk away too? I love Peter's response. He goes, he goes, where are we going to (laughs) go? He goes, you have the words of life. I want to tell you this morning, there's nowhere else you can go. There's nowhere else you can go. There's no other words that are like these words. There's, there's no other words that when God speaks to you by the Holy Ghost into your innermost being, there's nothing like those words. Jeremiah said, he goes, well, he said, he goes, these words are like a fire shut up in my bones. Stay in the word of God until it becomes a fire on the inside of you. Why? Because his words are not like man's words. His words are spirit and his words are life. And if we keep looking at something as, oh, well, there's just something else. No, there is nothing else but the word of God and the Holy Ghost. There's two things that you need to continue to hold to in the season that we're living in is the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Those are the two things you need to be established in because when I'm established in that and immovable in that, the enemy cannot move me. His words are not man's words. His words are spirit in their life. Let's go to John 8. Just do want to just review just a minute on here, starting in verse 31. 
So then Jesus said to those Jews who believed, if you abide in my word, or other translations may say, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, he said this to those that believed. And what did we establish last, last week? Not everyone that believes is, is a disciple. Now, every disciple is a Christian, but not every Christian is a disciple. Because what makes me a disciple is what I continue in. I didn't say that you're not going to heaven. I didn't say that, that you're not righteous. I'm not saying any of those things. We've been made righteous through the blood of Jesus. But what makes you a disciple is what you continue in. If you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. Right? If you continue in my word. What does a a disciple do? We established this last week. What does the disciple look like? They're one that forsakes all. Meaning there is a change in their priorities. When I'm becoming a disciple, I'm making a choice and my priorities change. What I, what I did a year ago, I'm not doing any longer. Why? Because I'm like the disciples. I forsook all and followed him. It's a, it's a change in my priorities. So to make a choice to continue in the word is changing your priorities. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth and the truth Will make you free. What does a disciple look like? The one that first. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you Jesus. I I join my faith with yours. They forsake all. But what does a disciple look like? Luke told us this. Because someone that is a disciple. Is that when they become fully trained. They become just like their teacher. So what is discipleship about? It's not about so you can prove to people how spiritual you are or how much knowledge you might have gained from the word of God. No, if I'm a disciple, I'm going to be just like my teacher. That means that as I follow Jesus, I should look like him. That's what the, I, Justin didn't write that. Luke wrote that by the unction of the Holy Spirit. You'll be just like your teacher. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This last thought, and we'll get into what the Holy Spirit wants me to talk about. And the truth will make you free. That lets me know that the Word of God is transformative. There's transforming power in the Word of God. Why? Because Jesus told them, If you continue in the word, you'll be my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if you need a situation to transform in your life, it's the word. It's the word. It's the word. I wish I could give you some other things that might provide it, but it's always going to come down to the word. Yes, there could be some practical things you need to do. There could be some other things, but it will never be outside of this. Let's go up a couple verses to verse 28. Thank you, Father. Go ahead and come down here. Now, a disciple is someone that looks like Jesus. 
That's the end result. It's a disciple of someone that forsook all. But this is another layer I want to give us this morning, what I believe is important, is a disciple is someone that follows those that taught them. They are a doer of what they're hearing. Let's look at verse 28. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know the truth. I'm sorry. When you, can you turn me down a little bit? When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. Now listen, this is Jesus speaking. He goes, I do nothing of myself. I do, say I do. I want to take my time with this because this is important. This is Jesus speaking, and Jesus was a disciple himself. Jesus couldn't have disciples if he wasn't a disciple. I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my father taught me. So we can see that what does he do? What his father taught him. He says, I speak these things, and he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone, for I always, what? I always do. For I always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. And then what does he start doing? Talking to them. How did they become a disciple? So Jesus was first talking about how he became a disciple. And now he's, he wants them to know, if you want to be like me, then you need to do what I did. And I'm not someone that just did everything. But I only do the things I hear my father say. I only say the things I hear my father say. I only do the things I see my father do. So Jesus operated on this level of a disciple because he believed God's word was the most important thing. The Bible says in Luke 2.52, as a 12-year-old, it said that he grew, after he was 12, he grew in wisdom and favor with God and man. So Jesus, for him to be a disciple, he's giving us some insight into his personal walk with the Father. The Word is most important, but it's not just the Word, but it's what I do with the Word. Let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. You're not in any hurry, are you? We need to have an appetite for the word. Hallelujah. James 1. Now, before we read this, let's establish this because the title of today is called Hear and Do. Hear and Do. You know, a lot of us, we talk about the word... A lot of times we'll go to Joshua chapter 1, right? Joshua chapter 1, 8. And what does it say? 
meditate the word day and night, right? And, and as I and this was years ago, I was I, I was confessing that scripture and confessing that scripture. And I'm like, yes, I meditate the word day and night, and I will make my way prosperous, and I'll have good success. And, I, and I'm saying, yes, I'm going to meditate the word day and night, and it's going to make my way prosperous, and I'll have good success. And I'm saying, I'm going to meditate the word day and night. I got up the next day. Yeah, the Bible says, meditate the word day and night, and I will make my way prosperous, and I'll have good success. Let me ask you a question. Am I quoting the scripture right? Let's look at what the scripture says. Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. There we go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. Think it. Observe to do. See, a lot of times we, we, we don't do all of Scripture sometimes. Even though you might have known the whole Scripture, we're like, if I just meditate the Word day and night, I'm going to make my way prosperous. No, you're not doing the Scripture. The whole point for me meditating the Word day and night is for me to do the next thing, to observe to do. For then. For then. See, you've you got you to remember the for then because, because I could be meditating the word day and night and expecting that God's just going to cause me to prosper and succeed. But the thing is, is I'm not going to step into that until I do the next thing, observe and do. The whole point why I meditate in the word day and night is so I can, when I'm in the right situation, I do the right thing. Because it's then... I will make my way prosperous and have good success. So it's not just meditating the word. Yes, we need to meditate the word. But the purpose that... Now, meditating the word is not... You're not called to be a Christian magician. So, somehow there's this thing that, that if you're not careful, you, you'll, you'll, you'll write down all your confessions. And all of a sudden it's like... I said the confession, abracadabra. It's like, no, the whole reason you say confessions and the whole reason you meditate in the word is so you get to know God. There's a lot of people that confess scriptures but don't know God. The whole purpose while we meditate the word is so, so we know God. And so, so the thing is, is I'm getting the word in me so when situations arise, I then can do what the word says I'm to do. And it's when I'm doing what the word is telling me to do, then I can sit back and say, yeah, he's going to make my way prosper and I'm going to have good success. Meditate the word day and night to observe to do. Well, well, Pastor Justin, my, my Christianity isn't based on works. No, your salvation is not based on works. But your discipleship needs to be all about what you're doing for the kingdom. Meaning something should be changing in my life. There should be... Righteousness came when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, but sanctification comes by the Holy Spirit. 
People mix those things up and all of a sudden they're wondering why their lives haven't changed in 20 years. Why? Because you're not being a doer of the word. Some of you didn't like that, but it's all right. As I've told you, I'm not here to please you. (laughs) I'm here to pastor you. Look at James chapter 1. James. Where's James? Look at verse 21. It says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word that has the ability to save your soul. So we go back to the word of God, right? I dealt with the scripture last week. Receive the word. Why? Because the word has ability in it. Then, but verse 22 says this, but. But. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. See, the word has the power to save the soul. It has ability in it. The engrafted word has the ability in it. But there's something you have to do. You have to do the word. But be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. We have to stop just hearing messages and start doing what we're hearing. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Meaning if all I do is come to church and I listen to messages or I, I go home and watch TBN or Victory Channel or whatever it is and I'm, I'm listening to the messages that might be coming through, whether it's the radio, whether it's the, my favorite podcast, the thing is it means nothing if you're not taken in your life, allowing it to change your heart to where it changes your, your attitude to where it changes your behavior to then where it changes your actions. Yeah. So, because what happens is we can say, hey, I sat in service on Sunday morning and I heard the word and we're expecting, just like Joshua says, hey, I heard the word on Sunday morning. I heard the word listening to the radio and expecting good success to take place. But the thing is, and we're wondering why things aren't changing and things aren't happening. That means I'm deceiving myself, Vic. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. I did look in the mirror this morning. Sometimes maybe not the back side, back here, because Annette says, um, you missed something there. You observe. You look at your natural face in the mirror, for he observing himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. means I get into the word and I see the adjustments I need to make in my life. But I put the word of God down and I go back and continue to do what I've been doing. And I forget what the Bible says I am. I forget what God said about me. I forgot what he's told me about the situation I'm in. He, I forgot how should I respond if someone's offended me? How should I respond to someone that's accusing me? How should I respond if someone stole from me? How should I respond when someone's angry at me? And, and what I do is I, I, I put the word down and I go back and I forget how I should respond. That's good, Pastor. That's good. 
I have to be a doer of the word. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, and New King James says, and continues in it. He looks into the perfect law of liberty, and he continues in it. And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. See, this one will be blessed in what he does. So it's not just a person that hears the word. But it's the people that hear and do the word. And they continue in it. That this one. He will be blessed in what he does. Do you like the sound of that? I, I want the things that I'm doing to be blessed. I want the things that I'm a part of to be blessed. I want the finance my finances to be blessed. I want my children and grandchildren to be blessed. So therefore, I need to be a doer of the word if I want to operate in another level of blessing upon my life. Say, I'm a doer of the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs 1. Thank you, Father. you, Father. Let's look at, for the sake of time, let's look at verse 28. It says, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because. There's a reason why they're not going to, that he, he can't answer, or that they're not able to find him. There's a reason. Because. They hated knowledge. And they did not choose the fear of the Lord. What does is, what is God desire? Someone with a humble heart, with a con- contrite spirit that trembles at his word. It says, because they hated knowledge. And they didn't choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel. That would be his word. They, did, they didn't care about the word. And they despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way. I do not like the sound of that. And be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Verse 33, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Wow. Wow. See, this is, this is all about being a doer of the word of God. Now, if you look at this verse, this last verse in the King James, it uses the word hearkeneth. It's not a word I use every day. Bren, did you hearkeneth to my instructions? Annette, did you hearken to my... <laughs> I'll stay over here. 
But see, there's something that it, this isn't just hearing and this isn't li- just listening. The word hearkeneth, one with TH on the end of it, it just means continual. Meaning it doesn't just make you sound like New King James, but there's a reason why TH is on the end of a word in the King James. And it means this isn't a one-time thing. This is how you live your life. It's not about hearkened yesterday, but you're hearkeningeth all the time. So that's what this word listens means here. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely. So it's not just hearing something. Because there's a lot of times we hear things. If you're married, men, a lot of times you may hear things. Like if there was a list of five things, somehow the two in the middle got missed. Am I the only one that's, that's happened to? Man, only three of us. Man, I, I need to grow some more. Wow. I see that, Levy. There you go. It's had a great marriage class Friday night, by the way. You can go online and listen to that. Yeah, go online, listen to our marriage class we did Friday night. We had a great time together. And back to the word here. Hearkeneth. It's not just hearing noise. It's not just sitting in here and hearing someone speak and then sound like the teacher from the peanuts. Wah, 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 wah. Wah, No. This is, this, we're hearing living stuff right now. And, and, and so this, this hearkeneth is, is not just listening or hearing something audible, but in it's hearing it and it's applying it. It's hearing it and it's doing it. Let's go to Psalms 81. Psalms 81. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's start in verse 8. He says, Hear, O my people, and I will admonish you. O Israel, if you will listen to me, there shall be no foreign God among you. This, so it's, in my Bible has an exclamation point. If you listen to me, exclamation point. You know, it's like when you are texting someone with all caps. It's like you want to get the point across. It's like, listen to me. And what is he, what is he telling him here? He says, he goes, there should be no foreign gods among you. Nor shall you worship any foreign god. Verse 10, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But verse 11 says, but my people would not heed my voice. Meaning they didn't hearken to my voice. And Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsel. God is a gentleman. And the success in your life is not dependent on God. It's dependent on your ability to be a doer of the word. Stop putting your success off on other people and on God. Well, we're, we're trusting in God. We're believing God. That's, he's our source. But the point is, don't sit back and say, well, if God wants to come through, God will come through. No. What is the word saying you should do in the situation? 
said, but my people would not heed my voice and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own words. Verse 13, oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that my people would hearken to me. It's the same word, hearkeneth to me, meaning they would not just hear, but they do what I'm saying. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. And then what would have happened if they did that? I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord would pretend submission to me. Wow. The haters of the Lord would pretend submission to me, but their fate would endure forever. He would have fed now listen, he would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock I would have satisfied you. Wow. All this came out of if you would have just been a doer of the word. Vic, if we're a doer of what God says, it says that he would feed us with the finest of wheat and honey from the rock I would have satisfied you. I don't know about you, but I want to be a doer of the word. How about you? Please hear me. This isn't about earning salvation. This isn't about earning anything. This has to do with this being a successful believer, a successful disciple, being just like Jesus. Wouldn't it have been a whole lot different if Adam and Eve were a doer of the word? I look back at my, come September, be 50 years. That if I had been a doer of the word for the last 31 years of being a Christian, where would my life be? What things did I walk through that I didn't need to walk through because I chose to do my own counsel? I mean, this is, you have to look at the word. It's so important. This is life and health to all my flesh. The word. The word. Man, say, I love the word. See, these three weeks, my, my heart is for you to fall in love with the word. Fall in love with the word. Let's go to Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48. Hear and obey. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 16. Thank you, Father. It says, come near to me, And hear this. Once again, we come to God, but when we're there, see, when we are in the word or we're worshiping God, always be listening for direction. Always listening for direction. He goes, come to me and hear this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, I was there. Now listen, and now the Lord God and his spirit have sent me. What is it? We're seeing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost right here. And now the Lord God 
Lord, there is Father God. And his spirit has sent me. Thus says the Lord, that word Lord there is not Father, but it's Jehovah. Thus says Jehovah, your Redeemer. The Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God. Notice this. Who teaches you to profit. He teaches you to profit. How many like the sound of profit? See, everything in our lives need to be excelling and coming up to another level. Why? Because the Lord is the one that teaches us to profit. He's the one that causes us to excel. He's the one that carries us to the maximum. This is the year of the maximum. This is the year of the highest level attainable. And he's saying, hey, if you would just come to me in here, come to me in here. Thus, the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit. Profit is not an evil word. Rich is not an evil word. Blessed is not an evil word. He wants you to profit. He wants you to increase. Wherever you are right now, he wants you to go higher. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going higher. And look at the other side, because the Lord, because the Lord teaches me to profit. Man, that means your marriage can go higher. That means your family can go higher. That means your finances can go higher. Your ministry can go higher. Hallelujah. Your influence can become greater. Hallelujah. He's the Lord that teaches you to profit. I'm the Lord who teaches you to profit. What else does he do? Who leads you in the way you should go. You don't know which way to go? He knows. He knows. Then verse 18. Oh, man. I mean, I I hear the heart of the Father in this. And just making this personal for me. Justin. Justin, oh, if you would just listen to my word. Oh, Justin, if you had just been a doer of my word, you wouldn't have had to walk through what you walked through. Yeah, I know other people did that to you, and I know there's other things, but hey, if you just listen to my word, I'll bring you out of that. Yeah, I know it wasn't your choice to, that wasn't your choice, that was their choice to do that. And, but, but, you know, don't, but you can't, don't stay there, Justin. If you just listen to my word, if you just listen and you heed my voice, if you, if you just come after me, if you come near to me, if you worship me, if you pray me, if you come into my word, I'm going to direct you by my word. My word is a lamp unto my, your feet. My word is a lamp unto your path. My word will set you free. My word will give you hope in disappointing times. There's nothing like my word, Justin. I just need you you to be a doer of it. I, I just need you to follow it. I just need you to get into your heart, observe it and do it because it's in that I will make your way prosper. I'll move obstacles that don't need to be there. I'll turn rivers into deserts. I'll, I'll do amazing things, Justin, but come to me and come to my word. Come to me and come to my word. Hallelujah. But come to me and come to my word. Be a doer of my word. This is, this is what we have to really come out, understand how important his word is. Man, I'm the one that teaches you to profit in the heart of the father. He's like, oh, if you would, oh, if you had heeded my commandments, if you had just heeded my, if you just done my word, if you just did what the word told you to do. 
If you would, or if you had just taken the time, if you had just given me a moment, if you had just given me three days and spent time with me in my word in three days, maybe I could have given you the commandment you needed. This, this is all based in desire, the desire, the desire for him. To desire, truly desire him is desiring his word, is desiring to be around other believers, is desiring to be a vessel that he can flow through. Oh, if you had, oh, if you had heeded, hearkened, heard, and done my commandments. Now listen, then, then your peace would have been like a river. Then, then, if I know I'm holding to the word and doing the word, then, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. What is God doing? God's word produce in your life? Peace and righteousness. If I just done the word, if we just do the word, Oh, our peace would have been like a river. Man, is that, do, you, do you want that? Yes. Do you want that? His peace would have been like a river. His righteousness would have been like the waves of the sea. And then it says this, your descendants also would have been like the sand. Now, let me, let me throw this in there. You, being a, do, you doing the word today will change generations after you. You making a decision that I'm going to do the word, you want to change generational curses, as people say? You want to change, you want to change the cycle of defeat in your family line? If you had just done the word, your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness would have been the waves of the sea, and your descendants would have been of like the sand of the seashore. Meaning, when I'm doing the word, it's affecting my, my children and my grandchildren and their, grand, their children and their grandchildren. You to stand up in the midst of a wicked and a perverse generation, and you raise up and you say, I will be a person of influence. You know what a champion is? A champion is someone that chooses to stand up in their generation and say, I will be a person of influence and I will be different. That's what a champion is in our day and age. But that will never happen if we don't build our lives upon Jesus. We don't build our lives upon his presence and we don't build our lives upon his word. Your descendants also would have been like the sand. And the offspring of your body would have been like the grains of the sand. His name would not have been cut off nor destroyed from before you. Meaning, meaning his name is going to continue with generations after me. Verse 20, he says, go forth from Babylon. Flee from the, I mean, he's talking about their bondage. Flee your bondage. Flee from the Chaldeans with a voice of singing, declare, proclaim this, utter it to the end of the earth. Say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. Now, this is verse 21. And they did not thirst when he led them through the desert. He caused the waters to flow from a rock for them. He also split the rock and the waters gushed out. What is he saying? When they followed my word, 
they didn't lack anything. I declare as your pastor, when you follow the word and do the word, you will not lack anything. You will not lack anything. Thank you, Father. Jesus gives us some great insight, and I'll close with this. Jesus gives us some great insight in the Beatitudes, like I like to call them. It's the changer attitudes. Right at the end, last little story there, he talks about being successful. And he talks about you had two men. You had a wise man and you had a foolish man. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to be considered wise or do you want to be considered foolish? See, you could have all the information and education in the world, but according to Scripture, still be a fool. Psalms tells us, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. But the wise man, he said there was two men, wise men, he said he is one that heard the word and he did the word. He said that man, he said he built his house upon a rock. And when the storms came and the winds beat it and the waves beat against it and was coming against it with hurricane winds. And it said it did not fall because it was founded upon a rock. He said, but the foolish man, he heard the word and said, he was like a man that built his house upon the sand. And when the same waves came, when the same wind came, when the same storm came, it said it came upon that house and it said great was the fall of it because it was not founded upon a rock. The difference is not just hearing the word. They both heard the word. The difference isn't that one had a worse storm than the other person. They had the same storm. The issue is, who's going to stand or who's going to fall in these last days? And this is why I'm communicating this day as your pastor. Who's going to stand or who's going to fall in the last of the last days will not be everyone that just heard the word but it's going to be the people that heard the word and did the word and built their lives upon a lifestyle of hearing and doing. A lifestyle of hearing and doing will cause everything I am, everywhere I go, and everything I have to be established upon a rock. So whatever storm may come, Whatever my things might happen in the media, the news, other nations, and what might be happening, I've got to be built upon a rock. And it's not just, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm hearing the word. No, I'm a disciple who hears the word and does the word, and I am therefore unmovable. Amen. Stand to your feet. You received this this morning. Give him praise for the word. Hallelujah. Give him praise for the word. Thank you for the word, Father. Thank you for the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Danny, can you come up with Joseph?
Thank you, Father. Just, just start to worship the Lord. Just thank him for his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for the word. Now I'm going to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit told me to do at the end of today's service. There's not one person in here that this message wasn't for. This message was for me just as well it was for you. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I mean, not be in, not be in a hurry. Just, just, just give, give the Lord just a little bit more time. praying earlier this week and I just knew I just needed to follow the Holy Spirit because sometimes we can look back at our past and we can see regret we can see the things that we didn't obey the things that we know that God told us to do and we didn't follow through with it and the Holy Spirit wanted me to read this parable 
verse 28 of Matthew 21 says, But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterwards he regretted and he went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise, and he answered and said, I go, sir. He says, But he did not go. He says, Which of the two did the will of the Father? And what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you this morning is see yourself as the first son. We'll deal with this for a moment. The Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you there's still time. You see, it was the first son that said, no, I refuse to go. But he regretted it. And he did it. The other one says, yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll go, but never win. Maybe you're the first son or maybe you're the second son. What I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me as your pastor is, there's still time. There's still time to say yes. And there's still time to say, you know what, I... I immediately said no, and, and I regretted my decision ever since. I, I want you to know there's still time for you today. He's still calling you towards him. He's still drawing you forward. He's still drawing you into the call in your life and the destiny that he has for your life. Hallelujah. Just bow your heads for a moment. And say, Pastor Justin, I... I feel like the, the first son that just said, I felt like I had a call in my life, but I didn't want to get close to God because I was afraid I'd be a disappointment. I, I was afraid I'd, I'd let people down. I'm afraid I'd be a failure. I was afraid that, that what, would, what would other people think of me? I was afraid. I, I, I heard his voice, but yet I, 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 didn't, I, I couldn't go forward with it because I already had made too many mistakes. How could he use me? If you feel like you're the first son and, and, and you feel like you, you, and there's been this little element of regret that you didn't stay at the church that God called you to long enough, or maybe, you know, staying with the, 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 the friends that you should have stayed with, or you didn't let go of the friends that you should have let go of, or, or whatever the case might be, if there's any aspect of regret this morning, the Holy Spirit wants you to know that there's still time. If that's you and you feel like you're the first son, just slip your hand up right where you are. Just slip. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. You can put your hand down. And maybe you're like, well, the second son. And you're like, I, I grew up in church. And yeah, I, I, I knew it a call upon my life. And, but there was just other things that seemed a little bit more important. And, you know, I just really... I didn't really know if God was real or not. I didn't know how important my decision to say yes was. And if you may feel like the, the second son, just lift your hands up right where you are. Hallelujah. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can put your hands down. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for new beginnings and fresh starts. 
today say yes to his word. Say yes to his purpose. Hallelujah. Just everyone lift your hands to heaven. Oh, Father, I thank you. Lord, I was obedient to deliver this message exactly, I believe, how you wanted me to. Holy Spirit, I thank you even now. You're taking the word that was spoken. The directions that have been given. And you're bringing and breathing in passion into every heart and in life. You're breathing and bringing strength into every inner man. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. No more regret. We say yes today. We say yes to your will and we say yes to your way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I declare over everyone that raised their hands, I declare, Lord, that you are the one that redeems the time. We may regret and say, what could have happened? Man, what could I have done if I'd stayed with him for 30 years? But I want you to know he redeems the time. That means what you choose to say yes to today, what could have taken place in 30 years, he can do in one. Hallelujah. I declare over this church family, All those watching by way of internet, I declare that their greatest days are ahead of them, not behind them. I declare that 2023 is a year of the maximum and the highest level attainable. I declare, hallelujah, that that as they follow and obey the word, you're taking them from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. Lord, I declare that they they are blessed coming in and blessed going out. I declare they're above only and they're not beneath. I declare that they're fulfilling their days and fulfilling their purpose. Lord, I declare the anointing of God is flowing them and being released into others everywhere they go. I thank you for it, and we rejoice. I thank you, Lord, for giving us a desire for the word, to be a disciple, and to be a doer of the word. We thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. Give him a shout of praise.